Hello, I'm Emily Bellet, founder of BestPod and author of You're Not Broke, You're Pretty Rich. And you're listening to The Wallet. Every week, we give you the best tips, guidance, and a good dose of inspiration and motivation to manage your money better. Are you worried about the rise in interest rates? What should you do if you're looking to secure a mortgage? And when is it better to pay down the mortgage or invest in the stock market? My guest today is independent freelance investment and money journalist Moroni. We talk about what's happening with interest rates and the cost of living and what should those looking to secure a mortgage expect at the moment. I also ask more of our views on repaying a mortgage versus investing in the stock market, especially during a recession. Are you looking to organize your finances in 2023? We're launching a new cohort of our Money Management Bootcamp. It's a six-week course, live and pre-recorded, where I'll share all the essential tools for organizing and tracking your finances, boost your knowledge of investing, and shift your money mindset. We'll focus on building your wealth, learning about to save and invest for the long term, and understanding how money helps you achieve your goals. You can check it out on festpot.com bootcamp and in the show notes. Say hello to Rewarding Banking. With Chase Bank, you get 1% cash back on your everyday debit card spending for a year, a slick numberless debit card to help keep your details private, and round-the-clock access to the Chase customer support team if you ever need a hand. Download the Chase Banking app to open your free account. You must be over 18 and a UK resident to apply. Cashback exceptions apply. Remember that we are not certified financial advisors. Information shared in this podcast is for educational purposes only and does not constitute financial advice. Can we just start with um, looking at what happened in the UK? Uh, so we're recording this, this, this episode at the end of November. Um, but, you know, what happened at the autumn budget and what has been the impact on, um, on our personal finances? Yeah, well, I think obviously we're in a cost of living crisis. Um, we've got inflation uh, soaring as well that is eroding the value of the money in our pockets. And the autumn statement, um, you know, the main theme was that, you know, the fight against inflation. Uh, of course, the Bank of England has been putting interest rates up to tackle inflation and to stop things overheating. And of course, that means that um, our mortgage rates have been rising alongside our savings rates that we can get in the bank. Um, so a lot of people will now be struggling with rising mortgage payments, but they'll be struggling with those alongside the rising cost of living. So food going up, energy bills looking absolutely horrendous for this winter. And it, it's, it's we're all feeling the pinch Um in the autumn statement, the Chancellor said that he was going to raise revenue by putting the burden on those with the broadest shoulders. And um, therefore, he he froze some of our income tax rates, which effectively means people are paying more tax um, and uh, people on higher, higher incomes will be paying more um, than the, those on very low incomes. But... Um, uh, there's also been a bit of a, an attack on people who are doing sensible things with their money, so saving and investing for their future. Um, the Chancellor reduced the capital gains allowance and the dividends, dividends allowance. Now, those things only really affect you if you're holding money outside of 
tax efficient ways of saving. So if you're holding money outside of ISAs and pensions, which some people may do by mistake, actually, um, you might find that you are paying more tax on the growth in your investments and the income that you get from them. And so therefore, it's become really important after that autumn statement to make sure that your money is now safely stashed away in an ISA where it can grow free of any growth and 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 uh, any sorry go free of any capital gains taxes or taxes on the income too that's produced by the money in the ISA and also important to use pensions because the same thing happens there your money in a pension can go free of any taxes that it would be, be subject to if it was growing outside a pension. Oh, thank you for this great recap. And actually, I was very inspired by uh, an article you wrote back in, in September about paid on the mortgage or invest. And that's a question, you know, we often get from people. And I think the difficulty at the moment is knowing where you where to allocate the little money you're trying to save or actually where to reallocate the money you've saved in the past. And people are trying to, you know, make the, the best choices between, you know, their pensions, repaying a mortgage, investing maybe, you know, as you say, in a, in a, in a stocks and shares, or just saving on an interest rate that will pay, you know, on a saving saving account that will pay you 5, 5%. Very tricky decisions, they are. I mean, they, even if you feel like you've got quite simple financial affairs, Making decisions between should I put my money in the bank, should I start investing, should I pay off the mortgage, should I put more into my pension, they're all quite complicated things. And, you know, a lot of people don't do anything because they can't make the decision. <laughs> And so they're therefore frozen. Uh, I think the important thing is to do something, <laughs> you know, to, ma to make sure that you keep moving, even if it's not perfect, because a lot of us want to do the perfect thing. You, you can't necessarily be perfect all the time with your money. What you can do is is do something that feels sensible and that has been based on some kind of rational thought process at the time. Yeah, so in, in yeah, educating yourself and learning if you don't have access to a financial advisor, I think it's it's really the key. But it's it takes time. You make you're gonna make mistakes, and I guess that's 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 fine. Um, I mean, hey, even financial advisors can make mistakes. <laughs> I I I think we can all work give us give ourselves a bit of education and and do as good a job as a financial advisor would do for us. I mean that unless you've got very very complex tax tax needs or you're extremely wealthy or, 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 you, or you want to have somebody driving up to your house in a flash car to give you financial advice, then probably a lot of the sensible things you can do with your money, you can self-educate about. So you can use tax wrappers. These are, you know, called ISAs, individual savings accounts. You can use your pension, make sure that you're getting Um, that you know you're in your workplace pension for example and you're getting your employer's contribution into that because it's so valuable and it's free money and also the money you put into a pension gets up from tax relief which means you don't pay income tax on it um, which is brilliant because now the uh, you know chancellors in the autumn statement has made sure that we're all paying more income tax pension is a brilliant way of avoiding that um, so I think You know, make sure you use as many of those tax allowances as you can. And also, you know, paying off, paying down the mortgage, it's a sensible thing to do. Mortgage interest rates have gone up. 
Um, you may not want to prioritise it. You may want to, you know, think about other things, doing other things alongside it and do a bit of everything that you could do with your money. You know, but there's no reason why you shouldn't think about paying a bit of that mortgage off, particularly if, say, within the next five years, you're wanting to, say, move up the housing ladder because you know, and you want to put yourself in a better position to get a, a bigger mortgage. That would seem a very rational thing to do. But I think the mortgage is a big thing, isn't it, in our life? You know, we, we, it's, it's often the biggest amount of debt that we ever take out. Um, it, it can feel to some people like a huge, not only financial burden, but sort of an emotional burden as well. That you, um, and so if, if, it's, if the mortgage is something that you know, totally stresses you out because you think you've way overstretched yourself, um, or it's um, something that cause, causes arguments at home with your partner or, or something like that, you know, um, I would move it up the pecking order and things to deal with in your financial, your, your own financial world, and I would prioritise paying that off. If it doesn't stress you out and you're quite happy with a lot of long-term uh, debt and you're on a, a rate that you can deal with and um, you think that you've got, say, good job prospects and you're... You know, you think you're going to get a promotion or a pay rise in a couple of years, then fine, have a big mortgage, have a bigger mortgage. But um, it's it's a very personal thing, um, and what your friend is doing might not be the same as what what's best for you. And uh, and for those who are actually trying to secure a mortgage at the moment, I was reading that you know a million, one million first time buyers are delaying their purchase uh, to, like for, for the first home as you know of course with the cost of living crisis with with rising mortgage rates and it it all becomes unaffordable what i mean how can we find so, so, some help and support there yeah i mean i feel for first time buyers but there's, there's never a right time to buy yeah. i can say that from experience uh you, you either feel like you're buying at the top of the market or the bottom of the market or mortgage rates are good and could be awful in future, or they're bad now. And and you know, I, I when I when I bought my first flat, everyone was telling me not to do it. <laughs> they were saying that you know, uh, house prices are going to crash. Um, they didn't, but we, we didn't know that at the time. Um, but I think if if it's affordable, um, if you have a good deposit, if you have a bit of leeway to work with on the payment, so it's not your your whole income. If your job feels secure, um, I I would I would still go for it because in ten years time, if you've managed to keep your mortgage payments going, um, that property will feel like a good decision. I think I mean obviously, six uh, percent mortgage rates. On on a brilliant thing, um, but you know that's because we've been in a world where um, mortgage payments have been so low for so long, um, and you know it's really a sign that um, things are a bit more normal. I mean, six percent was an average for many years for many people, um, and I think you know you just got to be sensible about these things and don't get too scared about big financial decisions buying you know buying a property is a very very big financial decision but it's also once you've once you've done it and you're paying off those monthly mortgage payments 
um, it feels a lot better than paying out rent <laughs> psychologically because you know that you're building your financial future. Um, you're not um, you're not paying money to a landlord. And I think having a you know an indication of what you know what to expect in terms of you know mortgage rates over the coming the coming years. I mean, many people were maybe on a you know fixed uh, fixed rate deal that will expire um, within the next year or within the next two years. So how can they look at their situation and, and look at their mortgage and see if it's still affordable and, and what should they be doing actually with, with their mortgage? Well, I mean, yeah. The, the, so, the, sorry the, for the, the difficult the question. The, <laughs> the renewal of the mortgage is going to be something that um, is, is striking fear into a lot of people because, you know, you could be paying hundreds of pounds extra a month once you renew it. Um, but I would say take the opportunity before the renewal date comes up. So I'm talking, you know, three months before at least to go and see what deals are available and speak to a mortgage broker then because you might be able to lock something good in. Um, sometimes these deals um, are locked in for you for three to six months. Um, I have a friend who locked in a really good deal a few months back. She locked in a two and a half percent rate that's fit, that's a five, for five years on a remortgage, and she's buying a property now. And she uh, and this is because she got it in advance, and uh, it, that was quite an amazing um, deal that she got. I would also say it is really important to speak to a mortgage broker about these things. Often they can find deals that aren't advertised or they can speak to the lender on your behalf and negotiate so I think it can be really helpful to have a mortgage broker but make sure the mortgage broker is an independent um, advisor who is whole of what's called whole of market so they have access to all the products and all the lenders they're not affiliated to a handful or to one lender because then your options will be more limited. Yeah, I've always find it like, I mean, like when we purchase our property to actually talk to a broker because it's, I mean, they help you, of course, understand the market a bit better. They help you prepare all your, your paperwork and really be like in the best position to um, to get what you want or, you know, get as close to, you know, to, to where you want to be. Um, and now, Moira, a, a big question because when we look at, you know, paying down debt, paying down the, the mortgage, when is it better to do this versus actually put money into the stock market or put more money into a stock franchise or into your pension? Well, I think you can do the maths. You can look at what rate you're paying on your mortgage and what you would expect to get from an investment product. And in the long run, I guess. <laughs> in the long run, yeah, because, you know, your mortgage rate might stay fixed for five years, but the stock market, when you're investing, will go up and down. So, um, you know, over the long run, if you look at any graph of the stock market, it goes up. Well, it has gone up in the past. Um, and, you know, I, I think, you know, do the maths, make sure that you, you know, you, you think you can get a better return from the investments than the mortgage. Go for it. Um and if you've got um, a very long period ahead of you, so I'm talking a lot of people have uh, 10, 15, 20 years of investing. Now, that's more than enough time to make to take on higher risk um, 
Uh, now, a lot of people think, oh, risk, that sounds awful. That's not me. I'm going to go cautious or medium because that sounds good. But if you've got a long time ahead of you to invest, then you can iron out all those bumps in the stock market. And so it's very important to at least consider uh, going uh, all into the shares and, <laughs> rather than um, holding a lot of cash or bonds, I think, because the shares element of investing will give you the potential for most growth. Yeah, and I think there's a... Um... It's quite difficult to to understand risk unless you actually you know start investing and and really see like the performance of your investments. But I mean, with within the Vespa community, we've been talking a lot about the fact that women are not actually risk adverse; they are like risk aware. And and you know once they understand that you know taking more risk could end up in like better re return, uh, they would be quite happy to to actually do that. Yeah, it's a strange word, isn't it, risk? Because in in areas of our lives that aren't investing, it's, you know, it's it's like, I don't know, going paragliding or, um, you know, jumping off, uh, skiing and jumping off cliffs or, you know, like, yeah. it's sort of like, it's, um or, or, or being like, you know, a grand designs kind of person doing a crazy home renovation, that's risk. And you may think, that's not me, I'm not high risk. Yeah. But actually, when it comes to investing, whether you're high risk, low risk, medium risk, it's a very different thing. And it also depends on how long you can put your money away, um, what your situation is. For example, with things like your mortgage or um, or your pension or your savings accounts, you know, it, you know, if you've got lots of money stashed away in the bank that could tide you over for the next year if you lost your job, you know, you can do higher risk things with the other money that you have. So it's um, it's it's more complicated, and I think the language that we use around it can confuse people. And with the with with what's happening, uh, what has been happening at the moment on 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 the stock market, and and people seeing the value of it, of their investments coming down, I've heard a lot of conversations around. Oh, you know, I should sell all my investments and stash all my money in a in a in a cash saving account. Um, how can we ignore the noise and and you know? keep investing at at our own pace and and really focus on the on the on the long term yeah well i think there's a there's a great phrase just be fearful sorry be greedy when others are fearful and be fearful when others are greedy and uh, it was warren buffett who said that he was a sort of investment guru for those who haven't heard of him but he's he's i think he must be in his 80s now and he's still going strong so it's it's a thing which I always come back to myself is when uh, the investment world feels scary, when everybody's telling you not to invest, when cab drivers are or, you know, your, your auntie or whatever, you know, <laughs> that's probably a good time to do it. And, and likewise, when, you know, those, you know, your great aunt and the cab driver are telling you it's a great time <laughs> to invest, it's probably not. So, um. I think you've got to, you know, uh, stick to the plan. You know, if you are putting um, aside investments regularly, which I recommend anybody who can do should, and by regularly, I mean drip feed it in a little bit every month, um, then just stick to that. Because a lot of the time, you know, over your 40 years of investing, 
um, because it, it quite often is that long because we carry on investing into retirement now. So over the years, as you drip feed the money in, you'll be buying, um, if you put the same money amount in every month, then you'll be buying um, more when prices are low and less when prices are high. And that can be a really, really great way of making sure that the stock market works in your favour, that you're pick automatically picking up the bargains and automatically not buying when things look really expensive. It's also a lot easier, to be honest, for me, like yes. you know, being on <laughs> automated mode and, of course, checking your investments from time to time. But, you know, rather than trying to time the market <laughs> and, and take decisions on your investments, I think that's why, um, you know, that, that, that will definitely increase your level of risk, but not, not your rewards. And, and do you have any other tips? I mean, you talk about tax efficiency, um, you know, drip feeding in the stock market, sticking to a plan. How can we improve... Um, investment returns or look at the performance of our investments? Um, well, I've talked about taking on more risk and I think that's very important when you're younger. So, um, in fact, when you're starting out to go higher risk, um, I've seen plenty of research that's shown that people who are automatically enrolled into their pensions um, when they start as an, out as an adult in their working life, Uh, choose the cautious or medium uh, fund. Yeah, because you don't know and you're just like, okay, I yeah. just want to fill in the paperwork, <laughs> average, yeah. done. Yeah, and so by that, by that selection, they are going to be missing out on a lot of investment growth. So it's very important, you know, if you're, when you're 25, <laughs> to be selecting the higher risk option. We should have um, all have done that. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> So that's, you know, take on, take on as much risk as you can. Um, but also the really great way to improve your investment outcome is to cut your costs. Yeah. So when you are investing, make sure that you are on the lower, the, the platform that has the best price for your circumstances. So by platform, I mean like the supermarket where you buy your investments and they're called investment platforms. So choose one that has low costs When you pick the investments out of the off the platform to put into your ISA, um, then make sure that you're picking low cost investments. Um, lots of people can put if they use tracker funds, they can really reduce the cost down. And over the long run, using tracker funds is a very sensible thing to do. And, you know, those are the things that we can control because we can't control how the stock market's going to pan out. But we can control what we pay for investing. And there's an amazing thing called compound interest, which means even saving tiny amounts on our investments, particularly at the start of our journey, can um, massively improve the end outcome and how our investments grow. So, you know, saving, you know, £100 at 25 could be, you know, thousands of pounds at retirement. <laughs> um, and the difference between, you know, a comfortable retirement and a not so yeah. comfortable retirement. Yeah, that's priceless. Um, thank you so much, Maura, for this super clear explanation. And now if we just go back for a minute to the you know cost of living crisis, any tips on adjusting personal finances? I know it can be really overwhelming and I see tips, you know, on the internet and stuff where I'm like, you know, this is not relatable. This is not, this is not realistic. So anything you, you have done, for example, with your, with your finances? 
Yeah, me personally, I've cut out all those emails that encourage you to spend money. So I've just Especially the Black, Black Friday, Christmas. Uh. Delete, delete, delete. Everything that I've signed up to as a subscription, yep. you know, because stores quite often um, encourage you to sign up for them, don't they? And then they pitch money spending ideas at you. So I've just deleted all of those. But go and find the unsubscribe buttons. Um, my, my personal weakness is buying clothes. So I've made a pact with my daughters who are teenagers <laughs> that we will only buy from charity shops. Amazing. For the next year or so. Um, uh, and also, you know, the turning down the um, the heating by one, one degree in your home is a big one. It's a big winner, I think. Just learn to live with it turned down a notch or two. And I make sure everyone puts on jumpers. <laughs> so so my, my daughters like to swan around in little vest tops around the house. I'm like, no, nope. no more of that. <laughs> Go find your hoodie. <laughs> That's what I said to the kids on the morning jumpers, slippers, and I just bought myself a new fleece, and that's it. <laughs> Thank you so much, Moran. One final question. Um, what, what does money mean to you? Well, it means financial security. It means um, the opportunity to uh, pursue a career that I love. Um, and also, it means being able to pay for um, life experiences that will be happy memories. So I think that's the most important thing to spend your money on, actually. So, you know, that holidays that the kids hopefully remember and, you know, fun family activities that we do together. And I think I prioritize those over most other things, really. Thank you so much. And I'm looking forward to reading, continue reading your weekly column uh, in the Financial Times. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Wallet. Please share this show with your friends and subscribe on your favorite platform. You can also leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It only takes a few seconds, but it helps more people find our show. The wallet is off next week, and we wish you a truly wonderful holiday season. And I can't wait to catch up with you again on January 5th for our next episode of The Wallet about building wealth in 2023.